Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion, and thank you for downloading, thank you for following, and commenting, and favoriting, and liking, and whatever else you do, wherever you have gotten this podcast. Thank you and for uh, making us part of your day. However, you've chosen to do so. Appreciate that very much, folks. And can't wait till season four of the One Man's Opinion podcast. We've got about know, five, six more episodes this season. We'll take a one to two week break and then we'll be back the whole new season, everybody. My name is Chef Vance, by the way, in case you're just stumbling upon it. Thank you for doing so, by the way. You find me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a little thing called Elite Sports on that network, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, soon moving 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time after the Super Bowl. So that is something that will be happening shortly. Also, I'm part owner and the chief content officer of FantasyGuru.com, everybody. So we've got that, all things seasonal, daily, betting, data, Media, shows, podcasts, streams, live streams, videos, all that great stuff. Uh, we have it. Discord, education, like, you know, learning seasonal and baseball and football and things like that. We've got it all at fantasyguru.com. I believe the promo code NEW30, N-E-W-3-0, is still active. Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is live right now on the site. Look at all that orange. How about that, Baltimore Orioles fans? Who would have thought? Freaking Orioles, baby. Let's go. Very excited about our fantasy baseball draft guide. Excited about the upcoming baseball season as well. On this show, you are going to hear, I'll talk a little bit about our fantasy baseball draft guide. I've got some things to announce, if you will. I will also, but don't worry, I'll get Ray Flowers on to do a full-on, and uh, maybe our guy Rob Povia too, to get a full-on fantasy baseball 2023 preview. All right. Well, I'll get that on the show. We'll do a wild card recap. Wild card round is in the books. We have just eight teams remaining in the National Football League playoffs. I'll give a preview of the divisional round. I got a single game parlay for you guys later on as well. So we'll talk about some of the coaching vacancies. This is something I haven't been able to get to on the Sirius XM show very often. So um got that on tap for you as well. Uh, by the way, you also find me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S. The Jeff, that's on Twitter, by the way. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, it's all the same. The Jeff Mans. The Jeff Mans. All one word, everywhere else. Get there, check out my content, everybody. Content, that's what it's all about. Uh, this show, this podcast is uncensored. It's unfiltered. So I'm going to say things that will upset you. I'm going to talk like a human being talks. I'm going to talk regular folk stuff. So I can't be canceled because it's my show and I do it by myself. So it's nothing really you're going to do to me. So, but if you're one of those people that that's what you're looking for, just go ahead and shut, shut it on down right now. Cause that's, I'm not interested in debating with you with like, if I say a curse word or something else, also take the kids out of the car or make sure you have your, AirPods in or your noise canceling headphones or you're in a place that, you know, 
people will not be offended by me saying the word shit or fuck or uh, pussy. You know, any, any of those words. Those those words will do it. Just don't be like, this show is not going to be for you. We talk about everything, race, religion, politics. We don't, we're not going to be scared of this. Go listen to episode one, by the way. If you haven't listened to episode one, uh, I went through the whole gambit. I started out this show letting everybody know what it's going to be. And it's going to be something that's going to offend people. It, it, not really. I don't mean any harm to anybody. I think that's what gets lost in our modern environment. It's like, I'm not, I don't give a shit. It's like, oh, I like this team and you offend me or I, whatever I don't like. It's like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't have a problem with you or, you know, I don't, there's nobody that I'm not open-minded toward. Not anybody, not anything with a race or religion or anything. I'll hear anybody out. I love conversation. I love talking to people. I love interacting, but I like doing it without just, you're a clown, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. Oh, fucking Twitter nightmare. Anyway, uh, we got that going on. So a lot to discuss here today on the program. And uh, where do we start? Well, obviously, we're coming off of the wild card round. We're coming off. It's an interesting time of year for me. The workload has gone down significantly. It's not like I'm not working hard. I've still got the DFS write-ups, the rankings, the projections, the football stuff starting to get involved. I, I asked Ray Flowers, said, hey, bro, give me a one to two week like chill period where I get to calm down from football, get all our postseason stuff in order, make plans for the Super Bowl, which by the way, we have a huge Super Bowl announcement. Hopefully if you Listen, if you're part of the Elite Mafia, fantasyguru.com, if you're just a follower or a fan of mine and or our show on SiriusXM, maybe you're listening through the SXM app. If you have the opportunity to get yourself into the Phoenix area during the Super Bowl, do it. We are going to run shit. We are going to be very visible. We're going to be everywhere during the Super Bowl 57 festivities. And that means that means everybody, everybody on the show that you hear on Elite Sports and those, a bunch of us that work at fantasyguru.com. So very excited about that. Get to the area. Flights are cheap. Hotels aren't that cheap. So stay with a friend. Find somebody else. No, you can't stay with me. I'm, I got I'm booked up. Hotel man's cost of the man's all booked. Sorry. Um, but anyway, we're a big Super Bowl announcements. So I told Ray, give me a hiatus, then start hitting me with what you need for the fantasy baseball draft guide. So I actually just got off the phone with Ray Flowers, as a matter of fact, about that very topic. So good things coming to the baseball draft guide. I've got a lot of plans. I've got my marching orders via Ray, and I'm very excited about what we're going to present to you in 2023, specifically, you know, what I'm going to be involved in as well believe in our staff and we're going to do a hell of a good job. I can't wait for it. The let's start out with FanDuel. Like, don't we have to, if you know me, if you have listened to the podcast, uh, do I hold a grudge? Uh, I guess I do. I'd like to think I don't. I think all of us say, Oh, I don't hold grudges. I do. I just, I don't know if I hold a grudge. I don't forget anything. That's my biggest problem. Memory like an elephant. Unfortunately, not the trunk like one. But I remember fucking everything. And we sit here five days later from the first of what turn, has turned out to be five or six meltdowns, technolo technology meltdowns with FanDuel service. 
and I'm still as fucking furious as I was the moment it happened. I can't with them. FanDuel isn't any better or worse than DraftKings or SuperDraft. These companies, like, I can't stand when they take customers. They don't take customers seriously, and they are shitty to their customers. That is something that I am owner, part owner, of FantasyGuru.com. There, we were Guru Elite. And then we were elite fantasy and we were, you know, we went through several migrations, if you will, with uh, our staff and our people, even our ownership. And the one thing everybody, I hope all of our customers realize and understand. And I mean, like I, I, you know, my guy, Larry B, I, I, in the discord, I threw some shade at him the other day. I'll go back at our customers. I'm not one of those customers always right. No customer could be an asshole. Customers are assholes sometimes. Some of you are assholes. And I'm going to tell you when you're an asshole. You will tell me when I'm an asshole. And then we'll say, okay, cool. And we'll move on with our lives and be fine with it because we're adults and we could do that. Um, I don't like the one thing that I will not stand for or be a part of ever again in my life. For the rest of my life, as long as, well, God willing, I will never be in a, affiliated with an organization or a company that doesn't take customers seriously. I don't want to be out there saying, Hey, sign up for whatever service fantasyguru.com, And then we go to closed door meetings and say, fuck them, man. Fuck that. Let's cut this. Let's cut that. Let's charge more. I'm not about that life. I'll never be about that life. I see that happens to me and it happens to all of you on a daily basis with fucking utility companies, this bullshit egg thing that's fucking billion dollars for a carton of eggs now, grocery stores, fucking Netflix and streaming services, like all these companies. Sometimes you have to raise your rates, and I get it. I totally do, because we've had to do it at Fancy Guru. All right, now, when we did it, for instance, I'll tell you the backstory. When we raised our prices, this, I think it was this year. This year seems like a mile. Back in May or June, we had to say, all right, we have to raise prices because we have to we have to pay everybody. And we have some rising stars in Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, and Chris Rose, and Mike the Beard, and Scott Bonder. Oh, no, Ryan Clifford. Now I'm going to forget everybody. Oh, my God. Anyway, we got to make sure we're taking care of these guys monetarily, give them cost of living, everything else. That's what has to happen. So in order to get that, we have to raise our price. But we didn't say, all right, we'll raise our price. We'll cut back the workload. We said, all right, we'll raise our price. We can give some raises here. and But what can what more can we give? What else can we give? Can we get some – we want to be able – so let people choose. All right, hey, we understand times are tough. You would like the some fantasy sports or fantasy football information. Here's our base package. You get the basics, the draft guide, and it's the price you all know and love, $39.99, whatever. But if you want the extras, you want the videos, you want the training camp, you, you know, great event that we pulled off. You want the data, you want everything well these are packages these are also available so it gives you the option right and it's understood it's just like anything it's a good buy a new car or even a used car it's like all right if you want leather you want automatic doors and windows you want nav you want sunroof you want third row seating you want now you know the the nice wheels you whatever it is you're gonna pay more 
And if you're in that situation, you can afford it and it's worth it to you. That's your choice. That's the way to raise prices, right? I, in my opinion, and that's what we did. And that's what I'll do for the rest of my career and any other industry I end up getting in. I can't stand ripping people off and having people feel like they got a raw deal, right? You may lose your league. I may be dog shit as far as the advice is concerned. Core four may suck or my bets may all lose. That is open to possibility. No, it's not. Fuck it. I'm never going to. No, it's open. It's a possibility. In range of outcomes. But you're never going to not get me trying. You're never not going to get what I promised when I promised it. And that is never going to happen. The bets are going to be there. One of the rankings will be there and updated. When I say the articles are posted on time, the shows start on time. Every, every, you're going to get what is promised and guaranteed to you. And we're going to do, and we're not going to just mail it in and list a bunch of names and fuck around. No, we're going to give you the analysis that you paid for. And we promised that's what a service does. Fandle decided, fuck you. That's what they decided. Fuck you. That's why. Like what I said about Mike Evans a week 17 or whatever it was. Fandle said, fuck it. You have outages. We pull everything. I simply don't believe them. All right. And it's not like I just don't believe them. Like I'm trying to build some fucking conspiracy. No, no, I don't. I saw this coming miles away. I saw this coming back in mid-December when I said, hey, you know, what is going on? These prices, these this guy is, I forget who it was now. Somebody was back from an injury and he was mid-price. It's like, come on, man. The fuck are we doing? You guys, nobody's overseeing this. And then the pricing was garbage. You know, a couple prices one week and then a dozen or more the next week. And then the final couple weeks you get, you had the slates, the Sunday night game. They didn't even try. Like the flex games were all done well in advance and they didn't even try to change it or, or, or make it different. They They weren't even, there was obviously nobody paying attention to their product. Nobody. And I know the infrastructure. I know how these companies work. There's quality control. That's, by the way, that is part of their license agreement to get licensed in this these states. It's a big part of the thing with New York. We need oversight. We need quality control. Somebody can't just board the Titanic and say, hey, hope somebody's driving it, but we're not going to check. Right? Like, we're not going to do that. Or you can't do that. Shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's exactly what happened. And I knew it three, four weeks now before this mishap happened. For those who don't know what happened, you know, we built lineups, DFS lineups on FanDuel. And about, it was like 40 minutes maybe before the slate started on Saturday. They just completely and utterly tore down the entire slate. They canceled the whole thing. Whole thing. They canceled it. It's done. That was it. No, hey, we'll get you. There's no reason for that. There's no way in the world that you can cancel a slate. You have, they have backups. There's, there's no technical error possible for them not to know who was in what contest, how much we played, how much, what our lineups were and all that. No possible way. 
yet they canceled it and refunded everybody their money. And they took a UFC slate down too. They didn't take the NBA or NHL that day. I don't know. Same infrastructure, dickheads. You know, but we're so fucking stupid. You think so little of us that you think we don't, we can't connect dot. Duh, where does dot one for dot two go, George? We know exactly what it is. They canceled the whole slate. Took me out of everything. By the way, it took me 20 hours to put that. I did a monster write-up over at fantasyguru.com for the DFS slate. A lot of analysis. I went back every game from last week. I'll get to my recap on last week, game by game next. Every game was a previous. The teams had played at least once, if not twice previously. I went back and watched every single one of those games. Every single one. Some I watched multiple times. And to get an understanding, a feel of how it's going to go. And if you go back and look at it, at the write-up, I was absolutely fucking fire. Fire. Irv Smith, boom. Khalil Shakir, boom. DK Metcalf, boom. Eckler, boom. Daniel Jones, boom. Richie James, boom. All right. You knew there was one. I fucked up Richie James. I don't He didn't, didn't do much. Four catches. But anyway, that it was a good write-up, but it completely, you could use it, and people did, and they were, some of our subscribers were successful at it. I'll be fully honest. Once that happened, I completely checked out. I was emotionally unavailable for DFS the rest of the weekend. Completely unavailable. It infuriated me, man. Infuriated me. So what, you know, a lot of folks asking, what, are you doing about it? What's going to be in? I'm still in the processing mode. I'm not going to make any kind of wholesale changes right now. It's just not the time to do it. We got like three more weeks left till Super Bowl 57. And, you know, there's smaller GPP slates. And if they cancel them again, they cancel them again. By the way, this has happened like four or five times since. They keep issuing like $5, $10 credits, which is just bullshit. And they keep apologizing. And it's like, dude, we don't need apologies. For one, there's a major problem because I want you tweet me at Jeff underscore Mans. Just tweet me. Just tell me yes or no. That's it. Yes. My FanDuel account has somehow, I've had to change my FanDuel account's password over the last two months, at least one time. Or no, I haven't had to. 90% of you I know have had to at least once. And maybe it only happened once or twice, and you're like, oh, maybe it could be anything. No, they've gotten full-on fucking attacked. Their information is at risk. Our information is at risk. Our money's at risk. DraftKings, the same thing. Not as much as FanDuel, but DraftKings has happened too. It happened earlier in the year at SuperDraft. Like, what the fuck is going on? And that's fine. We understand. I think... Every rational human being understands my register's down. The tech is out. The internet's out. We're, we've all been in our lives in that spot where we're reliant on the internet or, or a computer or a device. Sometimes maybe it's a phone. And we're standing. Have you ever be at a, a sports game? A game? I almost called it a sport. Have you ever been to a sports game? A sporting event with like, and you didn't have the paper tickets. Of course, you have it on your phone, and you're, and then all, you try to bring it up, and you're in line, and it's just not coming up, and you start that sweat. You get like the meat sweats, like oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know that we've all been there. I think we all understand a degree of that. This is wholesale wipeout. 
this is these are billion dollar companies who I know people within our organization at Fantasy Guru, our tech people, other tech people that I know from other companies that when if there is a login attempt from let's say somebody tries to log into some and we don't host any money, we're not holding people's money on our account. We we, are, we have a payment processor, but it just goes into a thing. We're not holding your accounts balances and shit so when people when somebody go if somebody in the state of maine tries to log into my account you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes after i logged into it in arizona if there is a human being sitting there and it flags that human being that human being says no fucking way this guy this is the culprit that person in Maine, he didn't go from Arizona to Maine in a fucking second. Like, this ain't happening. We're shutting you down. And we're shutting you down and finding the problem, finding the source. But no. Why? Because they don't hire those. They don't have those people. It's all automated. Now it's just change your account. Change your account. Change your, or change your password. 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 It's like, what? You guys are doing nothing. You pay nobody except your CEOs and board members any kind of real money at these companies. So you don't keep people. The turnover is wild. And your tech departments are dog shit. You can't even figure that out. You can't figure out where these attacks are coming from, why they're happening, and make something, do something about them. You can't figure out why your system crashes 20 minutes, 40 minutes before a major NFL playoff slate. You got to be kidding me. So what am I doing? I'm waiting and seeing. I'll play the last couple weeks out, but I, I'm going to take some time off personally of DFS. And normally I jump into some NBA or NHL. Our teams are amazing at that. Um, I'm not going to for a little while. I want to see what is happening. And I'm ta- I've already taken out a significant portion of my balance. Right. I'll keep a little bit in there just to, you know, if something strikes my fancy. But I'm in, I will be from February 13th, day after the Super Bowl, through start of baseball season. I'm going to be full on watch mode and see. Maybe I'll dabble a little NBA or NHL, but I'm going to, I want to see what happens before I make the full ass plunge into either site. And quite frankly, FanDuel has pissed me off so much. They, the, I like FanDuel scoring better. Half-point PPR in football is just the way to go. Uh, you shouldn't ever have milestone bonuses. I've talked about this every commissioner service and corner that we do. It's just stupid. It's silly. It's like, ugh. You get 99 yards, no bonus. Oh, you got 100 bonus. Oh, give me a break. Just It's dumb. I just don't like it. So that's DraftKings scoring. I don't like it. But DraftKings for betting? Their single-game parlays are so much better. There's so much better odds. They're reasonable odds. FanDuel has come back recently, and Caesars too. They finally, for like six or eight weeks of the season, their single-game parlay odds were so fucking bad. We were getting like even money bets where DraftKings was paying us plus 120, plus 130. And that's the rightful. We're, we're parlaying a game where you have to have two things go right. You can't have that be a minus bet or even an even money bet. That's that's shit. Unless you know you do some kind of you know wild plus 
24 points and under 68 total, you know, then I get it. But so DraftKings has better odds. DraftKings scoring in baseball isn't that bad, right? I like FanDuel that they don't make us play a catcher, though. I'll say that. But that's some things that I'm personally looking at, and I'm just taking note. And who gets my money? Super Draft was fantastic. Shout out to them for the Superman's Bowl contest all year. But they know they pissed me off, too. They know why they did it or what happened. And I've been gracious to them. I like I like Super Draft. Another half point PPR. Another good service. Multipliers, fantastic. They just have to be more on the ball too, and they have to understand that they're not FanDuel and DraftKings. You're not billion dollar companies right now. Don't act like it. You can't be. You need to be the ones that are constantly working with your customers and customer service. You can't have people hacking in either. You can't have people. You can't have slates being all fucked up. You can't have Mark Andrews being 1.7 X on a slate. Give me a fucking break. You can't do those things when you're super drive. You can't do those things when you're anybody, but you don't have the, the brand recognition of FanDuel DraftKings to be doing that. I think super drafts going in the right direction though. And I like what they're doing. Right. So maybe I'm a little pissy at times, but for good reason. All right. Reasons that I shall sit on for now, but that's where I'm looking at. That's where I'm at. I'm not going to make any rash decisions. These companies got to start doing their jobs and doing them better and providing some customer service and support. Because that, to to erase a whole slate is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable that they would do something like that. I can't even b- begin to imagine. You know, and yeah, they're losing the rake they would have made on the slate. They don't really care if a slate happens. or They're not trying to make us lose. But what they have to understand from a customer service standpoint is that we spent time. Like, I think that FanDuel and DraftKings, I mean, I built these companies. I, I Well, I didn't do anything. I was there while they were building, brick by brick. I had them on my shows, the CEOs, the, the everybody. I promoted it. We've had great relationships. But now... Something happened, and it happened around 2016, 2017. I don't know if it was a jealousy thing or what happened, but these companies started almost shitting on content sites like us at Guru Elite at that time and other ones too, whatever it was. Then they started buying them up. Remember, Number Fire was bought by FanDuel and DraftKings buys whoever, and they start buying them. It... You have to understand, though, if there aren't content providers for your service, you're a service. You shouldn't be in the content business, fucking idiots. I, I've i told them this to their face. I don't know why they would ever do it. Who the fuck is going to take advice from somebody with the DraftKings logo on their moniker and say, hey, here's what I think is best on DraftKings. You're a fucking idiot. Don't do what they tell you to do. You kidding me? They don't give a shit if you, you gotta be sick. You can't be serious. No reasonable human being. This was the DK pros back in the day. They paid those guys a shit ton of money to promote DraftKings, And they didn't give a fuck. They care because they got the money. They didn't care if you won or lost. They weren't giving it. Nobody. That's why you have to be independent. A true content provider is independent. 
and goes where the rightful games contest the the best spot for their customers and they help the customers to the best of their ability but these when you cancel a slate you act as if the fuck the content providers who spent hours you know trying by the way every article i write every time i mention it this is a promotion of their brand and their service they should be thankful but they're not they're actually angry about it but so i don't i don't get it they act as if an article that gets you know, 30, 40,000 hits a week is shitty to them or does it matter to them? And I'd say, fuck off. It matters a lot to you. So anyway, that's my take on the situation. I'm still angry about it. It's status quo. All my content, all the price, everything's the same. I'm not sure. Ch- I don't change on my customers midstream unless I absolutely had to. Oh, I did drop super draft. After a while, again, I have really profoundly good reasons for doing that. I could have added back at the very end, but I didn't because I, I don't want to be giving and taking and giving. You got to, like I said at the start of the show, you got to know what you're getting every week. That's an important thing. But, and I'm not going to take away at this point. Um, wild card recap. Let's dive right into that. Trevor Lawrence, everybody. I can't get over it. Trevor Lawrence is dog shit. Just dog shit in the first half of that game. And we're just all going to pretend it didn't happen. Is that really? Is that what you want to be? Honestly, honest question to all of you. Is that what you want to be? Do you just want to be a fan of players and and have something to believe in? I'm not condemning you for that. I I hope my, my tone was probably a little sarcastic. I'm being as earnest as I can be. Is that what you want? You know, I I think somewhere along the line in my life, I decided that I was, I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to blindly trust a Chicago white Sox or cub or bear or bull or Hawk Blackhawk because I like that team. I would hear Chicago sports radio that always hated every coach and manager always, but they loved all whoever the star player was and the star player didn't, do well, they would never condemn the star, condemn the star player. You know, it's the same old shit. And I think you have to ask yourself that if how do you play fantasy football? Is that the way you're going to play? Where oh, everything's shit. Okay. Or I mean, every uh, I'm going to assume, but there's a certain player that I think is really good, and thus. Everything that player does is golden. Is that how you're going to do it? Okay. That's fine. I mean, I, at least you know. I'm not that way. I have to see the whole picture. There's favorite players of mine that I would never use in fantasy because they're just not good assets in fantasy. I like to watch them. I enjoy, maybe I believe in them. I trust them. Maybe I respect them as humans or players or athletes or people or whatever but I'm not using them in fantasy. So when you look at first, first, second half of that game, four interceptions for Trevor Lawrence, and you look at second half, four touchdowns, it's all I hear is four touchdowns. It's unbelievable. The 27 to nothing deficit doesn't happen if not for Trevor Lawrence building it. He's singularly responsible for it. And then he gets all the credit for the win. If anything, he should get the credit for the detriment and the whole team. He should only be a share of that. 
by the way, and that's the thing with the Trevor Lawrence season. Trevor Lawrence was shitty. Like in October, he was 0-5. 57% completion percentage, 4-5 to touchdown interception ratio, a 72.6 quarterback rate. The first half of the season, you know, he started out okay. But the first eight games, he was two and six. Completion percentage at just over 61%. He was averaging about 230-ish, yeah, about 230 yards per game at a quarterback rating of 81. Eh. 10 to six touchdown interception ratio, okay. Most of that was the first couple games. But, But then he ignited that. He was fantastic down the stretch, right? Then the second half of the season or games, you know, the since the first eight games, the dude's seven and two. Completion percentage of 69%. 250 yards passing per game. 15 to two touchdown interception ratio and 105.6 touch or uh, quarterback rate. That's fucking phenomenal. But you you don't just absolve you don't just take the best. It's like living with somebody or marrying somebody. You got to take the whole picture. They're really hot when they get makeup on, wear a tight skimpy dress, and you know are young and fit and everything. Oh yeah, that's great. That doesn't hold. Them. And somewhere along the line, they take a big nasty shit in front of you. You're like, oh god, what the fuck happened? Are you still excited? Still in love? Still fun and games? Ha ha he he. No, no. But you make the commitment. You believe in it long term, and the the nice skimpy outfits are outweigh the mean nasty shits. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. But you you got to take the whole package though. And so other people will see you, and you wonder about these Hollywood celebs that get married a lot, like the Kardashian, who's all over. Why does she date everybody? Well, she probably takes mean, nasty shits. Something is wrong because nobody would let her go if that's the case. Nobody would just walk away, right? It's not happening. So you, you take and anybody who's been with her or lived with her or dated her or married her or whatever would say, oh, God, she's fucked up. Or, but to the outside person, everybody dreams, oh, Kim Kardashian or whoever, whichever, Chloe Kardashian, whatever, whoever your girl is, Kelsey Ballerina from Phil Backard, whoever it is. And then she, but, you know, she just shits her pants like twice a week. And it's like, oh, nobody knows that part. Nobody talks about that part. But that's part of who she is. Still love, still infatuated, because that's what Trevor Lawrence is. He's a really good emerging quarterback who shits his pants twice a week. Boom. Twice a game, I guess, is the right thing. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley should be fired. I wouldn't have a problem if they got Sean Payton over him. Fine. I think them firing Joe Lombardi was really dumb, and I think there's a massive – that is going to be a huge hit to Austin Eckler. We forget how good Austin Eckler is. And those who have been riding with me in my content for a while, you know that Austin Eckler before uh, Joe Lombardi and Austin Eckler was a gimmick 50 catch. You know, he, he had a 92 catch season back in 2019. 
15, I think, but that's, you know, sharing the backfield at that point with Melvin Gordon and, you know, not really the touchdown guy had the receptions and, you know, wasn't really a running back. Well, then what happens is a new regime comes to town and in 2020, uh, or not, I'm sorry, 2021. It's only been two seasons. Uh, Steichen, by the way, the offense coordinator for the Eagles, he was the one in uh, LA at the time, San Diego, whatever. He was for the Chargers. He developed Justin Herbert and actually finally saw that, oh, you know what? Austin Eckler can be a thing. But Eckler only got 500 yards rushing, only got 54 receptions, two touchdowns. Going into 2021, a lot of folks, and there's sound out there. There's people that said, Austin Eckler can't score touchdowns, and he can't do this. I said, yes, he can. And I said, Joe Lombardi is going to ride this guy. He's going to be an 80-plus catch-a-season guy, and he's going to be able to score touchdowns. What has Eckler done? He is the fucking leader of all players in touchdown score. So, and he's had... I guess he only has 70 touchdowns in 2021, but this past year uh, that they couldn't run the fucking ball this year. And he had 107 receptions, 722 yards, five touchdowns, 18 total touchdowns. Joe Lombardi's offense changes that. And before you start shitting on Justin Herbert or when you say, uh, or the offense, this is the same Herbert did the same thing in, college at Oregon. This was one of the problems. He's effective throwing the ball down the field, but he also doesn't like to do it. He also is smart enough to take the check down. So he likes to do that. So you're going to take him out, depending on who they bring in as coordinator, you're going to take him out of his comfort zone a little bit. And I think Herbert is talented enough that he can overcome and he could be viable in different situations. But Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is small. He's a slight guy. He anybody who knows, I don't think Austin Eckler played. Austin Eckler had one game all season of over 70% of snaps. And that somehow was week seven against Seattle in a loss, by the way, in which he had 12 catches for 96 fucking yards. That's it. One game of over 70% of snaps. He's not on the field a lot. It's bizarre. It's weird. And if you're going to take the receptions away, and we know regression, the touchdown, I thought it would be impossible to get near what he did last year. I couldn't believe the run of touchdown. I remember the first three weeks of the season, everybody was like, oh, it's over for him. He's catching passes, but no touchdowns. And then I think he scored in all but two or three games the rest of the way. He was an absolute beast. So... You get some regression at the touchdown department, much less targets and receptions. And what are you left with? You're left with a 28. He's going to be 28 years old. That's the make or break. That's the last prime season. He'll be almost 29 at the end of next year. So last prime year for a running back that has a lot of torque and a slight of frame and hasn't played a lot of snaps. I, I think it adds up to a complete bust in fantasy or a bust for somebody that could be targeted as the first overall pick, if not a first round pick, I won't have Austin Eckler in the first round. I will not do that. So there you go. The um, bills, the bills. Okay. 
I didn't like them fighting. I didn't like that. Like Tamar Hamlin almost dies on the field and you want us all to think and pray and hope and wish. And that's cool. And then you guys start fucking brawling with the dolphins. The, I, I don't know. The whole thing didn't sit right to me and almost losing to Skylar fucking Thompson is another major problem. Get your heads out of your asses. Cincinnati's like I said in the article, Joe Burrow's coming to fuck your girlfriend. That's what he's going to do. He's he's going to do it right in front of your face. So you would better be on your game. Josh Allen can't pussyfoot around because Cincinnati's coming for that ass this week. 49ers, they're a behemoth. I think that not any quarterback can win, but most quarterbacks can win in that system. I think the great thing about what the 49ers have, and I'll be interested to see if Garoppolo starts, if they make it to the Super Bowl or not. I I think the best thing for the 49ers, get to the Super Bowl, obviously. Start Garoppolo. And then in the offseason, whatever happens, trade Brock Purdy. You got to turn a seventh rounder into several, probably at least a first, if not a couple second rounder picks. Fuck yeah, man. Do that. Trey Lance is your guy, supposedly. Garoppolo's a free agent or get rid of him. Maybe trade, maybe sign and trade him too and get some picks. I mean, that's if I just started a Madden franchise, uh, finally got my bears going. I'm going to play through the next couple of years with Justin Fields. It's like, if you can draft a quarterback, third, fourth round, right? It's somebody you believe in and develop them. And then if something happens, they come in and, and run your offense, everything else. Then everybody else in the league is on notes. Then you trade that entity for higher quality. That's a way to really replenish your draft capital massively. Remember Brock Osweiler with the Broncos? Everyone thought he was something because they had Peyton, Peyton Manning's offense. And they thought, oh, he's just as good. He's, he's bigger and he's faster. And he's more mobile. Nah, he sucked. But they had been the Texans signed him, but there were a lot of other teams that were in on Brock Osweiler. That's the way to do it. That is the freaking way to do it. Uh, real quick, I want to go. I want to talk coaching vacancies. I haven't been able to do this on the uh, serious show as of late. You know, on serious, we're doing our quarterback camp. We're breaking out, down all the QBs, franchise, starter, replaceable. We talked about the stats. Who, you know, will Geno Smith replace or uh, be able to do it again? I do not believe so. Uh, others do, but we've been talking about that. I want to talk about the coaching vacancies, though. All right, I want to talk about Carolina, Denver, Indianapolis, Arizona, and Houston. Those are the five open vacancies as far as head coaches are concerned. I am stunned Washington kept Ron Rivera. Stunned. All right. Uh, that one surprised me a great deal. I did not expect that to happen. I'm moderately surprised. I can't believe New Orleans still going to go Dennis Allen. Expecting first round compensation if somebody brings in Sean Payton, which, I mean, shit, that works for New Orleans, right? Um, other coaches that I'm surprised were able to stay around. I'm not, like I said, I was not surprised by Brandon Staley staying. Um, I was, yeah, that's about, I think everybody else, I think not a big turnover year 
right? Not not a big turnover year where you think uh, you know, ton of vacancies. I've talked about the my favorite coaching candidates in and around the league. I think that there are guys up and comers, the David Shaw's of the world that I think deserve interviews, deserve opportunities. Shane Steichen from the Eagles. If you want to look at a guy responsible, Justin Herbert's development, now Jalen Hurts' development, like he Steichen might be the guy behind the guy right there. Cause Sirianni's been around, never had this kind of impact, and then boom, went absolutely out of control you know, developing hurts and getting this team from basically a moderate rebuild to the number one seed in the NFC very quickly. So I think he, you know, definitely a guy that should be on people's radar. Um, Other Jim Harbaugh has declared he's already going back to Michigan. You know, he was the good one to get Sean Payton is a good guy to get. Uh, I've always loved um, my, uh, Iowa State head coach, uh, you know, I, I love that uh, um, Matt Campbell. Uh, I was getting Matt and Dan Campbell fucked up in my head. Dan of the Lions, Matt of Iowa State. Matt Campbell is that three-three-five defense. I think very adaptable, very intelligent coach. And it's like David Shaw, too. Some guys, they can't recruit in college but man they're tough out every fucking time you play them right and iowa state dropped you also have to figure that brock purdy is a um a project from iowa state as well right that with brock purdy under center this team that was you know eight and one in conference nine and three overall fiesta bowl victory has a good defensive scheme changes things, understands he's not set in his ways either. You know, he's a younger guy, just 42, 43 years old. It's like a Matt Campbell type I like a great deal as well. Um, So those are the better coaching candidates, in my opinion. I think Joe Lombardi is a tremendous offense coordinator that I wish the Bears had an opening. I That... Joe Lombardi was the guy I wish was the head coach of the Bears, by the way. And I wish bring Lombardi in with Joe Brady as offense coordinator. And that's what I wanted for Justin Fields and the Bears. Didn't get that. But Luke Getz, he did all right. He did all right. Coaching the senior bowl this year, too. If I was a prospective head coach and look at these five openings in Carolina, Denver, Indianapolis, Arizona, and Houston, the number one spot, I'll rank these for you where I would want to go. I think the one that has the quickest path to um, respectability or to compete, to me, it's really clear. It's far and away the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson got way too much credit for the failures there. Russell Wilson... He proved during down the stretch of the year, he could, he's still got it. Russ is still okay. He's way above average, if not good NFL quarterback. All right. No matter what you think, this fucking coach, when you don't have any coaches, and I mean any, you don't know what to do. 
Like what else can be done? You don't know the plays and naming plays and the playbook. You don't know what the fuck to do. That offense and that team was dead on arrival with Nate Hackett. So you get a regular coach in there and find me like the Denver Broncos deficiencies. That defense is pretty tight, very solid. If DJ Jones would have stayed healthy, it would have been a little bit better against the run. You know, I, I think that I didn't really. I, that's why I thought the Denver uh, Ijiro Avero got way too much credit because I think they're a better, they're actually a more talented defense than they played, in my opinion. They added Alex Singleton, they added Randy Gregory at his own injuries, but this is a super talented group. Then you've got a Super Bowl winning quarterback, potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback. With Javante Williams, one of the most explosive run tackling or break tackling running backs in the league, when healthy, obviously. You've got Judy and Sutton. You've got Dolchich uh, at the tight end. Cushenberry, who I think is a plus center and a good leader with Garrett Bowles. Again, there's some injuries here, but this is a good base. You can get back. Somebody, a new coach could come in here and quickly turn this around. Right, it's not as young of a core or as the talent as you'd want as some of these other places, but it's a really good group. My second choice would actually be Carolina. I think Carolina set up very well. Steve Wilkes did a hell of a job at six and six down the stretch for the Carolina Panthers. They did a good job, and they're flush with talent. They the problem Carolina has the problem that every every team or most teams have. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have that final piece. Their offensive line was a plus unit this year. Even with uh, some of their loss, Iki Aquanu was very rough to start. He had a terrible camp, but played fairly well most of the season. Terrace Marshall is a star that nobody knows about. And I can't believe it. They got LaVisca Chanel for nothing. You know, got rid of Christian McCaffrey. I don't really understand that trade. I really don't. I don't know what they were possibly thinking, but and then the defensive side of the ball with Derek Brown and Brian Burns, jeez, Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn went healthy, uh, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, who's a turnover machine who could play safety or corner for you in a pinch. This is a hell of a good defense that creates a lot of turnovers. This is a team that could get back quickly too. They do need to figure out the quarterback. Fortunately for Carolina, yeah, this is where you need the right coach. Why do you need the right coach? Because you saw it. Denver got the right quarterback. Denver, we all thought it before the season. They got the prize pick of the NFL free agency and or the trading market where they got Russell Wilson. They got the golden gem. They just didn't have a guy to get it. Right? They didn't have they didn't have a coach that knew anything what the fuck to do with it. Carolina needs to have a coach, bring in a coach that knows what he wants. And when he goes and Whoever that coach is needs to know what he's looking for to run his offense, get a you know, good offense coordinator in there and then knows what to do with it. What do you need a pocket pass? Or do you need to run? Are you running option uh, or you need uh, not option, you know, a mobile quarterback, somebody who's good in the pocket. Do you need, you know, what are you, what exactly are you looking for? Because there's a lot of names available. Tom Brady, Derek Carr. Derek Carr on the Carolina Panthers is a playoff team. Daniel Jones, technically a free agent. Baker Mayfield's around. They had him. He was dog shit, but he was also dog shit with Matt Rule. So 
I wouldn't, he's not going to go back, but Jimmy Garoppolo's available. Jameis Winston's out there. Trubisky's out there. Carson Wentz right up the road may be an option. Marcus Mariota may be an option. Gardner Minshew, if you believed in him or Andy Dalton. You know, those are some other potentials there. If you going to use one of your draft picks, that's another thing with like Carolina's got a top 10 pick, which is beautiful. Denver doesn't that, Denver, if they had the fifth pick, holy shit. Like, what a gold mine. Can you imagine Denver getting, like, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Holy shit. Like, absolutely bananas uh, on top of that roster. But that pick belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. But if, you know, Carolina at nine, realistically, could be in the Will Levis situation in Derby. He could be there. They could wait a round or two and maybe a Hendon Hooker or somebody, Anthony Richardson or somebody like that could be available to them. You know, so they need a coach that could identify exactly what they're looking for and run that offense. Maybe they use some draft capital and, you know, they use a couple picks and they move up. Fuck, the Bears is open for business at one. And if the Panthers ended up with, C.J. Stroud, who I think is the number one, or Bryce Young, or Levis. Shit. Talking about a team that turns around in a year, so I like that opportunity. They're my number two. My number three is actually Arizona, even though I think they're much closer to the bottom with the roster-wise. I I think there's plenty of pieces in Arizona, and you know the thing about Arizona, it has a lot of respect amongst veteran players. So once you build the floor, you could attract. There's a lot of things that attract veteran players. Why you see A.J. Green and Zach Ertz and J.J. Watt all coming to Arizona in recent years. There's plenty of lure there within the organization. They've got good young defenders like Byron Murphy and Buda Baker and Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, who finally started – they started just giving, saying, screw it. We're going to use you in the slot as a corner. And he turned into a plus player. If Rodney Hudson ever stays healthy, him and Humphreys and Beecham with Will and- Hernandez, that's a decent offensive line. Kyler Murray, they've got a quarterback you can have. They're going to trade Hopkins, but Hopkins is under contract with them. That's a team that maybe you talk Hopkins into staying. You got Kyler recovering. You need some pieces. You need a better direction. But I think Arizona could be turned around. All right. I, I really do. And not only that, when you look at they don't have a lot of free agency dollars, but they've got draft capital with the third uh, overall pick. So they have that going for them, too. They could use that to bring in the players or pick a superstar type athlete as well. Their third, Indianapolis is fourth. I think Indianapolis is his uh, three, four years ago. I said, Indianapolis has a window and I put them on the clock to win and I'll give them credit. They went out and got Phillip rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. They tried. They really did. But what the strength of the Indianapolis Colts, they had a really great defense. They added DeForest Buckner a year or two ago. And that trade with San Francisco It's a tremendous get. Darius, don't call him, or Shaquille, don't call me. Darius Leonard was an all-world pass rusher. 
and he's been out. They added Gilmore, who played shitty early, then much better. This defense was ready to go. You add Quiddy Pay to that mix a year ago, and it looked like they were ready to go. They had the all-world offensive line read by Quentin Nelson and um, Ryan Kelly and you had Eric Fisher a year ago. Left tackle was sort of – ever since Costanzo left and Braden Smith, I mean, that put a damper on that. But the problem is – and then you had the young stud running back, John Taylor. I think it's all gone. Why is it all gone? Shaquille Leonard, I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy again. DeForest Buckner is now a couple years older. Quiddy Pay is is being misused on the edge, or I'm sorry, on, as a hand in the dirt. Maybe they'll rectify this type of defensive lineman as opposed to stand-up linebacker, which he naturally is. Uh, Gilmore, I believe, is not under contract for next year. And the offense line's dog shit. It's, it went down so fast, so fast. And you still, and now you don't have a quarterback, right? You have nobody. Sam Ellinger is not going to be the answer. So now you got to something to do there. I just, they had the fourth pick. Maybe there's a lot of talk of them moving up with the bears. From a bears fan standpoint, I like it. Uh, But if I'm part of the Colts, it's a complete utter teardown. It just is. And just hope you get there in two or three years. While Jonathan Taylor still is under his rookie contract. And while Jonathan Taylor is still young enough to be a all world back and get that offense line, right. And then Houston's fifth. I think Houston has pieces and it's not even about the talent for me with Houston. I wouldn't want to go to Houston for all the tea in China. I don't want anything to do with it. It is so fucking bad. It's the, the management, the ownership, Cal McNair, the McNair is just, it's a disgrace. And I don't want any piece of that. So that's my rankings as far as the open vacancies are concerned. We look to the divisional round of the playoffs. Kansas City and Jacksonville teams played each other earlier in the year. It was a one-sided affair with, uh, although they only won by like 10 points, Kansas City over the Jaguars. You're talking about one of the best passing offenses in the league versus the worst secondary still remaining in the playoffs. And Jacksonville had the home crowd behind him. But when you go to Arrowhead and you're like, you're going to be playing there, you're not going to get that rebound that you got against the Chargers. If you throw four interceptions in a game against the Chiefs, they're going to, you're going to be down 52 to nothing. It's not going to be pretty. So I just don't, everyone's optimistic for an upset. Hey, we're playing with free money. If you're a Jaguars fan, I get it. You're excited. But I can't even imagine a scenario in which they're competitive, let alone pull off an upset in this one. Yeah, it was only 27-17 last time. I had to look that up because I'm like, was I right on that? Yeah. They were up 20 to nothing though in the like the first quarter. So <laughs> and Jaguar scored in 30 seconds uh, to, to end the half. And but 331, four touchdowns for Mahomes against him. It was just kind of a one-side affair. Expect the same thing. Giants in Philadelphia. Giants is the worst defense still in there. Which Jalen Hurts shows up? Is it the MVP from the se- most of the season, or was it the guy showed up against New York in Week 18 that was pretty shitty? And looked, and when he was shitty or mediocre, I should say, the Giants, the Eagles were very beatable, and never. 
good playing a team a third time, especially a team. Uh, Giants don't do anything well, but they just do everything. They can cover. They can create turnovers. They do limit turnovers. They don't pass for big yards. They rush for good yardage, but they can throw efficient passes and move the chains now that they got their receivers sorted out. Still expect Philadelphia to run away and expect them to run down the throats of the Giants. That's what I think happens. You get just run right over them. And Miles Sanders had that monster week against the Giants back in week 14. I look for Miles Sanders to be a focal point in this offense as well. Cincinnati Buffalo. It's the game we all want to see. It's the game we wanted to see a couple weeks ago, but was taken out obviously for terrible reasons. Um, but Cincinnati's that team. Buffalo's better be ready. If Buffalo, if Josh Allen's trying to throw 14 point touchdowns, like he was against Miami on every single drop back, then they're, they're going to be screwed. Cincinnati's going to take this game and take the AFC right away from Buffalo. So this is it. I mean, these are the games. Buffalo has two chances to make it back, make it to that Super Bowl, and they got to slay the dragon in Burrow, and they got to slay the dragon at Arrowhead with the Kansas City Chiefs or a neutral site. So we'll see. Joey Burrow, though, scares the hell out of me going into Buffalo. He, he is going to make – he doesn't care about the play. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to take it. And that's something I haven't seen from Josh Allen yet. Dallas, San Francisco – I predicted a Dallas win last week, uh, one of the good calls um, when everybody else was on Tampa, but I think it ends in San Francisco. I'll say, though that game is, and look at that game. That's only a three-point spread compared to every other game, at least four and a half or more. That's a lot closer of a game than anybody realizes. I do expect San Francisco to win, and I expect huge Christian McCaffrey day. Huge. It's going to be McCaffrey center. It's going to be a lot of Elijah Mitchell, a lot of running. They are not going to put Brock Purdy in the situation where Micah Parsons and is going to be in his grill and Trevon Diggs is going to be to pick has chances to make plays on balls. They are not going to do that. Expect a heavy volume of running by the 49ers. All right. Single game parlay. I'm about out of time. So I will give you a single game parlay for me this week. I'm going to go to that first game on Saturday. It, uh, I actually didn't win. I actually did win the the podcast. This is funny. I had to change because fucking FanDuel and DraftKings changed all the odds on me. But the the single game parlay I gave out on the show, this show last week, won. The one I put on the site didn't. I played an over on the show, so that's that sucks. As of now, this is what I have. Single game parlay, Kansas City and Jacksonville. We know Kansas City's winning. I'm. It's an eight and a half point spread as I sit here. I'm going to take four and a half, Kansas City minus four and a half. I think that accounts for all Harrison Bucker missed extra points and bullshit like that. And I'm going to go under 59 and a half. That's a plus 125 bet right now in DraftKings Sportsbook. So minus four and a half Kansas City Chiefs, under 59 and a half game total. Right, right there. That is a reasonable SGP. Uh, it would have been easily under the last time these two teams played. And uh, you know, that's 60 points. Kansas City could put up the point. I can't see Jacksonville do it. And Jacksonville's defense is good anyway. You know, and it's specifically good against the run. So you're not going to get gashed every which way. 
So there you go. That's single game parlay, and that's it. Episode 146 in the books, everybody. You may agree or you may disagree with every something or every damn thing you heard on today's show, and that's perfectly all right, folks. Why? Because it was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Enjoy the games this week. See ya. Fantasy Draft Guide. Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide. FantasyGuru.com. Get over there. Deuces!